Welcome to the Pints and Polishing Podcast, the most influential and listened to podcast in auto detailing. Welcome to the community. Community, I know you love beer and I know specifically you love free beer because that's what we do in the community. There's no better time to get free beer and enjoy community than at Mobile Tech Expo Community Pub Night. Sheldon, tell us about the community night. Yep, this will be Friday after the show closes. So immediately when you leave the show floor, be on the lookout for our staff. We'll have drink tickets. We'll have bars set up and we'll be all uh, raising a glass together and just toasting community. Hope you can find someone in maybe a different industry to meet and, uh, you know, make that networking connection. You never know how it could take your business to the next level. And then uh, when you're at the show that day, make sure you swing by the uh, Pints and Polishing podcast booth because I hear Marshall might be giving out those drink tickets as well. Oh, yeah. So, well, we'll have quite a few to give out, man. We're super excited about that. Uh, what do the drink tickets do? They just allow you to go get a nice cold beer um, in a pints and polishing cool uh, cup, the rubbery ones that we actually had in 2020. So we'll have those available. You just got to get that drink ticket so that uh, you can come uh, raise a glass with us. No doubt. Silicone pint glasses Silicone. Is, uh, is what we do. Excited about uh, more community. I know everybody's looking forward to it. It's going to be a great time, Sheldon. Thanks so much, man. Yep. Talk to you soon. What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Pints and Polishing Podcast. This is Nick. And today we have a really fun episode on auto auctions. We're going to talk a little bit about an article that came out in Bloomberg last week. But first and foremost, I want to thank everybody for reaching out after the first episode. It was, it was such great feedback. We're going to try to get better. We're going to try to do a little bit better this week and, and try to stay a little bit more on topic and, and, and fix some things that, that, that I didn't like from the first episode. But we laid the groundwork, so we're here. And uh, you know, I'm real excited about some things we have uh, coming. Let's talk about an article that dropped last week. $829 million sold by bringatrailer.com in 2021. It was in Bloomberg, written by Hannah Elliott. I like I like her stuff. I like, uh, she talks about the business of cars a little more than others. You know, again, this article doesn't tell the whole story. I don't think it was meant to. It was just sort of giving data. But let me put this in perspective a little bit. We have two different ways of, of, of auctions taking place today. We have online auction companies like bringatrailer.com. And then we have sort of in-person auction companies like Mecham, Barrett-Jackson, Sotheby's, Gooding, et cetera. And the in-person auctions kind of used to handle all of these car purchases, classic cars, European cars, didn't matter, motorcycles, you name it. So one of the things that's changed, and it changed really before the pandemic, everybody's going to talk about the pandemic, and this shifted everything, not really, but it had an effect on, on the actual volume. So the volume we're seeing in the pandemic, we're probably not going to see that volume if the pandemic doesn't happen. But in-person auctions were already having problems getting people in, having people come to the events. A lot of bidders wanted to be online and they would have representation there and all this other kind of stuff. So let's not do the old newspaper and internet thing because everybody always leaves out that the newspapers could have 
basically bought up the internet information at the very beginning. They just chose not to. Blockbuster could have competed with Netflix. They chose not to. Uh, so that's kind of what's happened here. You know, Meekum and Barrett Jackson and Sotheby's and Gooding, they could have started online auctions years and years and years and years ago and bring a trailer becomes irrelevant at that point. They chose not to do that. They stayed in the old way. It wasn't that the new way killed them. They had forever to get really robust online sales going, and they just chose not to. So let's run through some of the numbers. Bring a trailer did $829 million last year. That's an incredible number. They grew as a company 108%. So in 2020, they did $398 million. In 2021, they did $829 million. They are $250 million higher than their nearest live auction competitor, which would be Mecham. And Mecham can be kind of considered, in my opinion, Walmart, uh, the Walmart of, of car auctions. They're just going to push a ton of volume, ton of volume, ton of volume. They don't have a lot of high profile sales, in my opinion. They are really in that, uh, you know, sweet spot of they sell a lot of classic muscle cars. Barrett Jackson did 191 million. That's a very low number much lower than I expected them to sell. RM Sotheby's, they did 407 million and Gooding reported 150 million. Some of these companies, who knows how accurate it is. Some of them are private, some not. So uh, those are your players and bring a trailer now is the biggest player in the market. And that is a huge shift because last year was the first time we saw online auctions sell more units of cars than live in auction. 20,000 cars changed hand online, 16,000 cars changed hand in in-person auctions. The world has shifted and it's shifted forever. It's not gonna go back to the way it was. Uh, you know, we say this all the time on this podcast, Marshall and I continue to try to tell everybody that listens to us, stop waiting for normal. The new normal has been created. And in the car world, the normal that's been created now is and always will be from this point on that the internet auctions like bring a trailer, cars and bids, et cetera, these are the people that are going to run big time sales from here on out. That doesn't mean they're going to run all of them. Here is the thing that I despise when we have these conversations. Like people want to be black and white, bring a trailer, changed everything. Nobody's going to go to live auctions. Well, Pebble Car Week is still an experience rather than it is uh, rather than being a, just a singular uh, car situation where it's like, Oh, I'm just going to look at, at cars or whatever. Uh, you know, I, I'm going to uh, view that differently and all this other stuff. Okay. So that's number one is that in-person auctions are going to have to make it more of an experience as a whole Pebble car week, Amelia Island. Uh, I think they're selling some cars at Kissimmee. Uh, you know, what car auctions got lazy on is being an actual experience. So they need to make it a great car experience. And that's what they'll end up doing. Okay, sooner or later, what's going to happen is it's going to become a better car experience. And that's what we should all want. In person's not going away. What should change is they hold more cool events, they hold drives, they hold uh, different uh, classes that they judge and all that kind of stuff. So in-person is changed. It's not going to go away. Bring a trailer 
has started, basically they're going to be a billion dollar company, which when bring a trailer was first brought to my attention, nobody thought about it being a billion dollar company. It was just like enthusiasts and nerds like myself, you'd get on there and you look at these really odd cars that they had, and they just did a great job as a company continuing to build. One of the things that they did a really good job of is they stayed on brand. They were trying to get interesting cars consistently. Now, when you're moving $829 million worth of cars, guys, not every car is interesting, but they've done a good job staying on brand. And this is where Doug Demuro's site, Cars and Bids, and Doug Demuro is probably the biggest automotive guy on YouTube, for those that don't know, I'm sure most of you do. He started a website called Cars and Bids, and this has been the head scratcher to me, is that they actually... They recently started to find their niche a little bit more, but at the beginning they sold like Teslas with, you know, 500 miles on them or Teslas with 12,000 miles on them. And I didn't really understand what they were trying to do. I don't think they understood. They were just trying to get volume. They were just trying to keep themselves afloat, you know, no harm, no foul. They're now settling into there looks like they're going to be very uh, mid to late nineties and early two thousands cars is what they're going to specialize in. Then they'll move into some modern stuff that, that keeps getting released, you know, GT three fifty R's from Ford and things like that, 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 that they may uh, stay associated with, but they, they were really struggling early on. I didn't understand what they were doing, but anyway, how did this change happen for those that don't know? And I know a lot of guys reached out last week and they want this type of information. So the auction world is kind of a funny world. And it's a world I've been dealing with a long time. And there's a lot of ins and outs. Bring a Trailer stole a lot of sales on big time cars because they capped their buyer fee and their seller fee. So I believe you can post a car with Bring a Trailer for sale for 99 bucks. That's what they charge. You go into a next part of it. The buyer fee is capped at five is 5%, but it's capped at a total of five grand. So you sell a million dollar car, you only owe, as a buyer, you only owe bring a trailer a $5,000 fee. Well, the old auctions, you bought a million dollar car and let's say they had a 10% fee, you paid a $100,000 premium to buy the car. And so now if I buy a million dollar car and I just have to pay five grand, look, man, I may, I may real, really be looking for expensive cars on bring a trailer because of some of the extra fees that bring a trailer and, and a lot of this is what happens in e-commerce world. They cut the fat out, right? You don't have to pay for the venue. You don't have to pay for the booze. You don't have to, right? All that kind of stuff. So where are we sitting today and what does this information mean? Well, what drives live auctions and high sales used to be liquored up people in the crowd, get three to five guys bidding, and then two guys bidding against each other at the end, and you drive prices up. Now what's happening is guys are sitting in their living room liquored up and, you know, boozing to no end. And they're calling me saying, Hey, I'm, I'm overbidding on this car and I can't stop myself. That's calls I get all the time. And it's great. I got clients that have bought some great cars on bring a trailer. I've gotten guys that have bought real junk off bring a trailer. Uh, but the auction scene has changed where now guys can do it anonymously in their house and one of the things that, that Steve Serio, who is a really, really high-end, you know, car finder for, for rich, you know, uh, clientele, and he's really knowledgeable, and he was in this article, one of the things he kind of says is, you know, it used to be a big deal when a car sold for a million dollars at auction. There'd be clapping, and people would be standing up, and people would be going crazy, 
And there's none of that anymore. Now what you have is you have a lot of collectors that love the anonymity of buying online because you can use a username. They don't know who's buying it. You can build your collection anonymously. Let me tell you, there's a lot of people that fall into the trap of all rich people want to be known that they have fast cars. No, they don't. Most of the collections we deal with as a company, the reason you don't see them on my Instagram is I've signed a non-disclosure agreement. We're not showing that stuff because the owner doesn't want you to know he has 50 cars. He doesn't want anybody to guess where the collection is. I mean, I have people that have collections in places you have no idea that they exist. And so the anonymity of bring a trailer has also changed the game. Okay, because I, I, I can bid on a million dollar car, I can buy a million dollar car, and nobody has any clue that I own it. They have no idea. And so this really appeals to a certain rich buyer that has always wanted that anonymity. Now they have it. And so will big 10, 15, 20, $30 million purchases of really, really insane cars be exclusively online? I don't think so you still want to, there's still guys that want to show off their car. There's still guys that want to go to auctions. It's not just an age thing. If you've never been to a really high end auction, it's a great time. You know, you take your significant other, a few friends and their significant other, you make a week out of it. It's a great experience. So don't be the person that just goes out and blanketly tells your clients, Oh, all the great cars are going to be online. Not true. Let me give you an example. Most really great cars change hands privately. Listen to that again. Most really great cars change hands privately. They have an intermediary like a guy like Steve Serio, uh, somebody like that who, who brokers the deal, watches over the deal, gets the deal done for both parties. No harm, no foul. Nobody sees anything, and the car has changed hands. That is still the most popular way to exchange really, really expensive collection items, et cetera. And, it, and it, that will never change. There's some guys that don't want to deal with any of this, but the thing I hate about these articles. So let's go to some of my thoughts here and let me, let me bring you guys away from just the nerd stuff. And let me kind of show you a little bit of the underbelly of the auction world. And this is what can help a lot of enthusiasts listening to this and a lot of detailers listening to this. If you want to start advising clients, whatnot, auctions only exist because dealerships exist. Understand that you are bidding on an auction car that probably 90% chance is in a dealer's hand. It's a dealer car. They got it on trade-in. They got it on consignment, whatever it is. It's still a dealer. You can't move $829 million in cars by getting people to sell one car. Hey, Nick and, and Marshall and Steve, and these three guys are going to sell cars that bring a trailer. We're going to make $829 million. That's not how it works. It just doesn't work that way. Plain and simple, no chance that that's how it works. Never has, never will. And so you got to realize something. It's not in the auction house's best interest to start digging into and vetting cars. Because what you're going to find out is most cars at auction guys have problems. That's why they're at auction in a lot of cases. Some people want to empty their collection, of course, but a lot of people are trying to offload a problem, an engine rebuild on a Porsche. They're trying to an engine out uh, service on a Ferrari. They're trying to unload a, a 15, $20,000 headache by just saying, Hey, I don't care about the car anyway. Let's send it to auction. 
happens every day. Reputable dealers send cars to bring a trailer to Meekum to Barrett Jackson. And guess what the, the companies like bring a trailer like Meekum and like Barrett have to do. They got to look the other way. They have to look the other way because their business is not reliant on you, the buyer, as much as it is the sellers, because the sellers are what give them the inventory to sell. It's not, it's, it's the chicken and the egg thing. Honestly, the one that matters the most to bring a trailer are the dealers, the consignment companies, those guys give them the inventory at a level that allows them to make $829 million. It's not me and you selling one car at a time. It's guys that are going to consign a hundred cars to them and throughout the year, guys that are going to give them 200 cars a year, guys that are going to give them 50 cars a year. Now you start to see exactly where the inventory comes from. So think about it this way. And I say this to clients all the time. If you're a client listening to this, you'll know that I say this to you. This is exactly how it goes. If you don't think the Mercedes dealership down the street is trustworthy, and you don't think the Toyota dealership's trustworthy, and you don't think this company or that company down the street from you at an auto dealer is, is, is reliable, then you shouldn't think that bring a trailer and the people that they're doing business with are reliable either. And so you have to have a plan for that. And how do you plan? So let's give some viable advice here that you can walk away from on the episode. Number one, if you are buying a car that's below $100,000 in auction, and that's everything included, your tax, your registration, your, your buyer and seller fees, all that kind of stuff. Let's say it comes out to less than 100000 Then what you should do is you should take 10% of that purchase cost. So I bought something, it was $80,000. All in, I paid eighty grand. Okay, take 10%, $8,000 over that, and say, hey, I'm going to have to put $8,000 into this car to get it right. It's just a slush fund. So if I buy an $80,000 car, I need to have in my head, I bought an $88,000 car. Because inevitably, what's going to happen is this car is going to arrive and it's going to need work almost every time. That's an almost 100 out of 100 cars that I've been involved in, in auctions, have arrived at my customer and they needed paint correction, They've needed some kind of paint protection film, uh, paint coating uh, or ceramic coating. They need some type of wheel repair in, some, in most cases. They need, uh, you know, body work in other cases, engine work. Something's going to happen. Why do I say below 100000 Because that's a pretty safe number of my, over my career to kind of make this statement. Once I reach 100000 all the way up to $40 million, doesn't matter. You need to take 20% of that final purchase price. Not what the paddle says. Hey, I, I, I bid and I want it for a million. No. What are all the fees associated to get it to you? The delivery fee, everything. Put the total cost of the car together. It's a million dollars on the dot. I'm going to take 20% over that or 20% of that sales price. And I'm going to add it. So now I have a million dollar car that I believe in my head or in my collection numbers, I got $1.2 million invested into. Why do I do that? Because a million dollar car comes with million dollar problems. What if you need an engine out rebuild? What if you need to, you know, have the car inspected because maybe you got it and there's some things in the body work that don't look right to you and you have to correct them. What if, you know, something I had happen 
What if you have a cracked engine block on a $350,000 purchase? Yeah, things get expensive. So on this $350,000 car purchase, let me walk you guys through it. And this is where, again, I advise this at the time of a customer. Customer goes down to Scottsdale, has a few too many cocktails, buys a car. The money doesn't matter to him. Okay, he's just... It, Guys, a lot of times there's a very big difference in a guy like me buying a weekend car I want to have fun with and a guy that owns 30, 40, 50 cars. This is different. He's the 30, 40, 50 car guy. Okay. Great guy. And he says right to me, hey, I had too many drinks at, at the auction. I ended up buying this car. I want to keep the, uh, let's just say this. It was a split window Corvette with, that was, was in a restoration project from a builder, a very famous builder. It was an absolute nightmare. From the minute that I saw the car, I knew we had problems. So the car gets delivered to the house. He's paid all in was around 350,000. So 350,000 under my rule, he's got 70 grand to play with because now it's a $420,000 purchase when it comes to us pricing out everything that needs done. The paint's trash, uh, all the windowsills and, and all the different gaskets that, that are holding the car together, they're leaking everywhere. Uh, we did one pressure wash uh, lightly on the car, car leaked everywhere, which it shouldn't have happened. It was a complete restoration, uh, but it was a disaster. So every piece of glass was going to have to be taken out and resealed. It was a complete nightmare five minutes into me seeing it and it wasn't running right. So the first time I drove the car basically out of the garage, down, down the driveway and, and, and around the neighborhood, I'm like, something's not right with the car. The oil pressure's kind of acting funny. I'm like, nobody should drive the car. So we leave, I kind of put a plan together and I say, look, you really need to have somebody look at this car. Of course, people are too busy. It doesn't end up happening. The next time they go to start the car up, oil just basically comes out like a fountain out of the car. It's all over the ground. They got this expensive driveway. I mean, it's, it's a complete show. Okay. It, it's unbelievable. So I go and rush over and I'm like, what is going on here? I said, look, something bad's happened here. This car is not right. It's not right. And it's a real famous builder and it's a real famous auction, uh, Barrett Jackson. And they've got all this kind of stuff going on and it's a big purchase, right? It's a big purchase, 350,000 at the time, you know, may not move a lot of heads now, but at the time, you know, let's call it seven, eight years ago, this was moving heads. It was a $350,000 sale. It was, it, it was a big sale in Scottsdale. So we go ahead. Now we got to contact the builder. The builder says, Hey, I haven't owned it. You guys got it through this dealer, but, and now all of a sudden it starts to become clear that there's all these parties involved that knew there was a problem with this car. What can you do as a customer? You really can't do anything because what are you going to do? Get a lawyer. Let's say you live in Las Vegas and they live in Texas. You got to go now sue them in Texas and you got to go through, look, man, when you're at this level, these guys aren't going to do that. Okay. It has to be a real egregious thing, which this was. But understand something. This is why you have the 20% rule. So what we were able to do is take that 20% rule, invest it into the car, that 70 grand. It did have a cracked engine block, by the way, which everybody know. Every consigner and dealer that had his fingers on this, uh, the auction house knew, everybody knew. But the auction house and the dealers are in bed together. That's what you have to get out of this conversation. If you don't trust auto dealers and that's your position, then you should never trust an auction house. It's not because they're bad people. It's not in their best interest to vet the cars and they don't vet the cars. Plain and simple. Guys, they don't vet 
automobiles. They don't look through them. Doesn't matter what they tell you they've done. Okay. So the solution for you is to just budget for problems. Don't ever buy something from auction that you assume, hey, you know what? This is going to be a great car. Hey, if it is, you've won. You've won the lotto. I mean, literally won the lotto. So one of the things that shocks me about bring a trailer success, A, for a lot of years, they didn't make it that easy to ship cars. You kind of had to handle everything. They're making it a little easier now from what I understand. And, you know, even most people don't trust them to handle it. But bring a trailer doesn't really make the pre-inspection process that easy either. These companies don't have your interest in mind. They have moving automobiles in mind. So be smart enough, if you're a detailer listening to this, to advise clients, get a pre-purchase inspection. You can order those right online now. You can have a mechanic in the area go look at it. They'll give you a full report. I've done it plenty of times. Don't be the person that thinks, oh, I got to be scared. I'm going to miss out on a car. Cars, there are about 10 to 15 really special cars, really special, that if they come up the auction, it's going to shut the world down. Everything but those 10 to 15 cars, you can always find another one. Don't ever let yourself get into the idea of this car is never going to be at auction again. Yes, it is. You're always going to be able to get a car. You're seeing this right now in the BMW and the Porsche market. All these guys thinking you're never going to be able to get these cars at this price again. No, you're going to be able to get them for less. Eventually, you're going to be able to get them for less because they're being way oversold. An E92 M3 just changed hands for six figures. I don't care if it had zero miles on it. It's not a $125,000 experience. It isn't, but it's going to come up for sale again because E92 M3s are not that rare. They just aren't. Stop telling you yourself or your customers that they are. And I've had to talk a lot of customers off the ledge. Some have thanked me. Some have given me the middle finger and we've laughed about it later. But I'm here to tell you, we've never missed out on a car. Every time somebody tells me, oh, you don't understand. No, you don't understand. I can always get my hands on a car and I'll leave you with this story. I had somebody tell me at auction once where he wanted to buy a Porsche. He tried to tell me before the auction, I got to bid whatever I got to bid because I really want this car and they don't come for sale that often. When he said that to me, I said, you never said that to me before. I got three I can put my hands on right now if you want to buy them. So don't overbid for this car. Don't overbid for it. I can get somebody to sell you this car. 100%. So he says to me, no, 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 no. He ends up bidding on the car, overbidding, and it was a six-figure mistake. He ended up losing six figures on the car. And the only thing he could say to me was, ah, man, I shouldn't have done that. I should have listened to you. Him and I have a great relationship today. But don't talk yourself into or don't let your car buddy or don't let somebody tell you that there's all these special cars in the world you can't put your hands on. Look, there are cars that when they come up the auction, the 1% of the 1% of the 1% are going to deal in that business. And it isn't most of us but those are the only special, special cars that exist. The rest of cars you can always find. So I thought it would be a cool story to give a little insight into the auction world, where we are in the auction world. And I honestly think that now that these auctions are online for car care guys, it's never been a better time to start understanding this world because cars arrive 
absolutely trashed. They're not real high quality stuff a lot of times. And you can go in there, you can sell people. You know, I saw a lot of collectors who have cars they want to drive that aren't special vehicles. It doesn't matter. They just love the vehicle. And guess what we get to say to them? We get to say, hey, look, let's put some film on them. Let's protect the paint. Let's refurbish this car. Let's make it the dream car you always wanted. This is where it comes in that the car care world has kind of just never really accepted exactly what we should be doing. And I got to tell you, this to me is an incredible story. Online auctions, overtaking live auctions, uh, bring a trailer going to almost a billion dollars in sales last year. I hope you guys enjoyed the podcast. I'll see you next week. Have a good weekend.